This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show with uh, me, Stanford Chidge, and the fantastic Chelsea legend, a man who scored so many goals for Chelsea. 193 in all, I think it was, wasn't it, Kerry? Yes, it was, mate. There you go. And everyone everyone a diamond. Uh, oh, could we do with somebody like you playing for us at the moment? But there you go. Uh, and just a quick reminder that the, uh, the Kerry Dixon Show is, of course, in association with ChelseaFan12.com, the home of the 12th man, the fan. And they've got a fantastic site where you can uh, you can buy lots of brilliant uh, Chelsea memorabilia like signed shirts, signed boots, signed pictures from current players and uh, legends like Kerry, Frank Lampard, Bobby Tambling, to name but three. Um, they also uh, uh, get uh, uh, Ron Chopper Harris and uh, Gary Chivers to record a video uh, after most home games, which they do in the Butcher's Hook, which of course is a very famous Chelsea pub. So check that out as well. They put the videos up pretty pronto after they've done it. And, of course, you can follow them on Twitter, which is at Fan12Chelsea. So there we go. It's Thursday, uh, a few days after another dreadful performance, it has to be said, Kerry. What on earth are we going to talk about today? I can't even think. Um, just to kind of um, just to kind of summarise it, the, the game against Watford, um, I mean, I know statistics can can lie, can't they? Let's be honest, but... Uh, that apparently that's uh, back-to-back defeats by three goals for the first time for Chelsea since 1995, which which astonished me. But uh, on the back of that, before uh, you know the Bournemouth defeat, which was bad enough, uh, it, it was really disappointing the way that we, you know, capitulated basically in the last kind of five to ten minutes of the game. Do you think? Well, yes. Um, I know there's uh, been a fair bit of talk. Um, this week about what something which we discussed last week, uh, leadership and you know fighting quality and you know uh, manning up if you like whichever way you want to put it um, and and to be honest it's it pretty much um, 
put in place what we were talking about and and, and showed it to be pretty much right. Um, you have a situation whereby we're okay when we're on top and, you know, passing the ball around, allowed to pass the ball and, you know, uh, do things in our own time. Like if we, if we used to get a goal, one or two in front, then, then we're great. But um, if we're up against a team that's fighting, um, stick a few tackles in, uh, roll the sleeves up, um, try and which Watford were for their new manager, obviously, um, they were doing something which I expected us to do, to be honest, after our defeat against Bournemouth, and to go out and put the, the record straight and, and show that that was once again a one-off. Um, but we all now know that it's not just a one-off. We are more than capable of throwing in a poor performance, or two, it seems, and I just wonder, you know, once again, I'll say I don't believe it's going to happen again, but you never know. Um, but we are capable of it. And, um, you know, the, the lads just seem to roll over, as you've said. It, it, you know, once I thought we were back in the game with the Eden Hazard goal. And uh, I've got to say, not that we deserve to be. Um, I, you know, I think we had something like two shots in, in 60 minutes. Um, and none of them on target or something like that. I don't know if there's some stat come from some of them. You know, I was watching the game and, and, you know, Watford certainly wanted it a lot more than us. They certainly deserved it more. Um, and they, it would have been an injustice had we got anything from the game in terms of what I was watching. Um, mm. Not just about stats and spinning it around. It's, it's, you've got to believe what you see with your own eyes. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to say the scoreline reflected a 4-1 defeat, but, you know, we were certainly the second best side. And, yeah. you know, uh, we got what we deserved. I think there's no doubt of that, and and I'm you know I think something that it's easy to forget when you're when you're a supporter of one particular team, um, but uh, you know what Watford deserve a lot of credit for the way that they played. They were absolutely right at it and and right into Chelsea from the off, uh, uh, and as you say, it's something that we would have expected from Chelsea, but uh, didn't get. I mean, I got you know not for the first time this season, I got the sense that we were bullied a bit and. Uh, you know that really worries me. I mean, there's been th- something that's been bandied around by by a couple of mates of mine actually about the, the state of the club as a whole, really. And he, and he calls it the Arsenalification of Chelsea, which really I think he's talking about. Um, you know, the, the, the new stadium, not spending as much money, and all of that kind of thing. But there's a, there's a case to be made for that. There's an Arsenalification going on with the team as well because. It was quite an Arsenal performance, you know. They can beat the best teams one day, and then they just fold against a team that fancies it more and and has a go at them. And it, and it smacked to that in a sense to me. Yes, it does, and I understand totally what uh, what's being said. Uh, I'm not necessarily about the club, but but I hear what you're saying about spending money. I mean, I'm not privy to that type of information, um, and you know, people who are keep it to themselves. Um, but I do understand as far as the team is concerned. You know, you see Arsenal play some great games. They play some wonderful football and, and look good and, and, you know, win top games. And then you see them go out next week and, and do exactly what you've said. And, and, and Chelsea are more than capable of this. You know, I mean, anyone who's followed the show um, would probably look back. And, and, and we have hinted at it right from day one, if you like, um, with Burnley. And, you know, we said about performances. We beat Spurs away and then we... You know, uh, go and throw in a palace, or you know, and this has been pretty much the season. Um, I'm not going to say and try and okay and, and predict what might happen in the future. <clears throat> Everyone talks about the manager's position, and we've said before as well that he carries the can. But it it really is a case of um, everyone's in it together. 
Um, something obviously isn't right. Um, whether the right players have been bought or not remains to be seen. And that's about finding out about personalities and people and, and, and so on. We have discussed and touched on this before as well, um, to get your leadership qualities and to get your fighting qualities. Um, but, but the combination of a good side is a bit of everything. Um, that is something that needs to be addressed. And the players themselves will have to come out and sort, sort that out. Um, you don't necessarily go and buy three leader types and all of a sudden it all changes. It's a combination of everything. And at mm. the moment, um, we've got good players who are capable of playing <clears throat> well or capable of, uh, of rolling over and, and getting stuffed. And uh, we've got to accept that. Um, mm. Sad situation. But only the people within and, and the players themselves can address that. And, you know, the supporters, I'm not going to say suffer. And we, we're still going to see some good performances, you know. Um, it's just a pity with the expectation at the club and the expectation of the supporters and knowing the money that the players are on and the money that play, the money the money that's been spent um, uh, forming the team and the club and getting it together. It's a shame that uh, it, it's obviously all not in place at the moment. But I have to say uh, it, it can change. But uh, I, I don't see it. <clears throat> I don't see us being the same side um, all of a sudden unless something changes as the side that won the league last year. Mm, um, it's, just, it's just not going to change with a, a managerial decision. It's not going to change with one or two players. It, something, something's got to change somewhere. Um, and I don't know what it is, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, that's, that's really interesting, actually, because I think what, what you're saying is that, you know, that this is not just... Uh, there's something deeper at work here, isn't there, that, that really will take time to address. It's not something that can be fixed simply by buying a decent player or, dare I say it, firing a manager. But we'll get onto that in a minute. I mean, one, one thing that occurred to me when you were talking about that, Kerry, is, I mean, is it the players or, or, or should we, you know, perhaps question, you know, some of Conte's management? I mean, the team selection for a start. I mean, you know, we had to play uh, the, uh, well, did we have to play the false number nine again? Many would say, why didn't he pick Giroud? But I think the other the other issue, which is far more prevalent, is, is Bakayoko who, you know, sadly got a lot of stick uh, on on uh, on Monday night. Um, and But he continuously picks this guy. And, you know, I would say back a, there, there is a good player inside desperate to come out. But uh, right now, he looks absolutely shot with no confidence whatsoever. And the thought occurred to me, you know, why why has Conte persisted in picking him? Why hasn't he taken him out of the spotlight and, and away from that just so he can get his head together and try and get some form together away from the spotlight, I mean, it, you know, you played. I'd be interested to hear what you think about that because it happens to, to a lot of players. I mean, it's not he's not the, the first one. He won't be the last, will he? No, he won't. <clears throat> um, and the other thing is, it comes back down to the who who buys who and who does what um, and so on. Um, you know, Conte, if you don't like someone, it appears to me that, like Bachelor, for example, he leaves him out the side and generally treats him in a manner that lets everyone know he doesn't particularly like the player. Bakayako's come along. I'm not saying he likes him or whatever, but what you've just said in terms of ability, in terms of what I've seen, you know, I've been saying pretty much all season I need to see more out of him. I need to see some improvement, and it's got to the stage whereby maybe you're not going to get that improvement this year. It might take a bit of time and so on. But but Conte um, must be looking to give him some confidence, or uh, and it, and it. It flies in the face, if you like, of, of what everyone says about player recruitment and so on. And um, everyone's got an idea about what he's upset and he's saying players he's got and players he hasn't got. I mean, 
we'll never know. This is the one thing that we'll never know. Is it? But, but just how much influence and how much say does he have? And if he doesn't have, and if so, um, is he buying these players? Is he putting them in? Does he fancy Bakayoko or don't he? Um, you ask the question, you know, he's obviously a player that could be left out or whatever. Um, yes, he could be, but he is a defensive midfield player who could come in. Yes, there was a bench that, you know, contained the likes of a fabric ass who, who did come on and, uh, you know, it, it have, could have had a different formation and so on. We could have picked different players. But as far as Bakayaka, not to wander off, uh, is concerned, I think you're right. Um, I'm not saying leave him out, drop him or whatever, but he hasn't lived up to the expectation of what we had. I mean, we got rid of Matic and um, the point I'm making is who made that decision? All right, people say we try to get younger players. Is it Conti? It's all very well in Moly um, and saying about uh, recruitment and so on. He, the players that's come in, he's played them on a fairly regular basis and Bakayoko is one of them. And um, how much did he have of a say in that? I mean, it's all very well moaning about this and that. Is he trying to say, well, I didn't want Batshuayi? Um but he says, but I don't fancy him, so I'm not playing him. And did I have more influence on buying Bakayoko? So I'm going to keep playing him, and hopefully that will come off, just in case that comes out. You, until you actually know all the facts and who yeah. who has what and who's saying and so on, you, you, you're not really going to know. It's all very well in pointing the finger at the club and saying, oh, we got this and we got that. Um, yes, um, we, we haven't got no leaders. Yes, we haven't got no strong personalities, it appears. <clears throat> um that might be wrong. I might be. I might be getting this wrong. It's just what I'm seeing with my eyes, and and, and you know how results and how it's being reflected. Um, but you know, um, the manager is in this as well. You know, no matter which way you look at it, he's fully aware of that. And I have to be honest, uh, he, some of his body language, you know, the, the days of the crowd surfing and the sliding and the smiles are all gone. And at the moment, he seems like a man who who, who couldn't really care less whether he, he, he gets a bullet or not. I've got to be honest. Mm. Mate, that's a really a really good point, actually. And and I mean, you know, we we did the fan cast on uh, Tuesday night, and uh, it went on for two hours twenty minutes. It's normally a two hour show, and we had some very you know strident views on that. Uh, I mean, Mark Worrell, who you know well, uh, he was on the show, and it, it, we we spent a lot of the time talking about Conte's future. I mean, of course, on the one hand, there's all this press speculation and hype, which they love, don't they? Because it kind of you know sells papers and gets people to watch. You know, but I, there is a there is a sense to me. I mean, should we, you know, should we really ignore all of that and actually look at the big picture? Because you know, we we've clearly got injuries. There have been some shortcomings in the transfer market. Whatever way you look at it, whoever's fault it is, we we don't have enough strikers at the club, and yet we're in fourth position in the Premier League. We're still in the FA Cup. We're still in the Champions League. You know, and and Conte himself has actually said, "I do want to stay." But on the other hand, uh, you know, you can't ignore what you just said. His body language is, is 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 completely different from what it was when we were doing so well last year, and 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 he has been having a go, hasn't he? He's been criticising the board for most of this season, so it's really hard for us lot who sit on the sidelines to really get a, a handle on what what may or may not be going on, isn't it? Yes, it is, and um, you know, it, it really is a case of. You know, uh, I'm not going to say grin and bear it because it's, we're putting up. With, it's saying we're putting up with a situation with a, a club that's you know in the bottom three, but it's not the case. Um, no, and it, this purely is about the expectation. And at the end of the day, the expectation might be the thing that costs Conte's job. It costs other managers the job. It's what's expected of a of a manager in charge of a team to be part of a 
um, a, a cog, if, to be a cog in a wheel, if you like, that, that, that turns um, efficiently and fluently. And, and, you know, it's not turning <clears throat> that way at the moment. And, you know, um, and he is a cog. And, you know, um, he shouldn't be really upsetting it, I don't think. You know, <sighs> he's got a job to do and he's got, he's got yeah. frustrations. I fully understand that as well. I'm trying to be fair to everyone here. Um, um, and, I, and I include us as supporters. I include everyone who goes to watch, and we all we all want to be fair. We all want to have a say, and we've all got a reason. We're all managers, if you like. Um, it's, I fully believe what I said a little while ago that it's not going to be sorted out in the, by changing your team and getting a different thing. A good result helps, and two good results helps even more, and then three good results starts to heal four good results and, and so on and it builds in five or six seven good results down the line we're hey hey what problems you know and, and that's how it works it's a results business um but the trouble is i i can't see us doing a five six seven like we did uh, to win the league uh, and, and, and so on we're, we're too prone to throwing in poor performances and you know that is due down to the squad we have you might argue and people might argue it's the same squad that virtually won the league but it's the same squad, it seems to me, with a different mindset. One or two players here and there um, can can make all the difference. And, I, and I've said many a time before, two players. I, I went down with, with Chelsea Football Club uh, and got relegated with a side that added Peter Nicholas and Graham Roberts, just two old heads who, you know, weren't magnificent in terms of performances. But Graham was certainly a good player and, and Peter's uh, presence on the field was a, uh, was a necessity. But they, they were leaders, they were organisers, they got the best out of people. And we come back with 99 points in one second division comfortably and finished uh, fifth in the, in, the, in the old first division, which is now the Premier League, with virtually the same team that went down. So, you know, two players can change it, but it's two types of players. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't see that in the club at the moment. And, and it's, and it's going to need something of help to change. Um, if we if we finish this season wherever we finish it with the squad we've got and the manager stays and everyone's happy and people take a chance and nothing changes, I don't see performance changing next season either. So something will some have to change somewhere along the line. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Well, Kerry, I, I've got to say that's brilliant, and how bizarre. I mean, on on the show on Monday or Tuesday, even we we talked. We had Graham Roberts got mentioned, funnily enough. But I, I, I you know, and of course, you know, there was a bit of an. I, I remember at the time we weren't that happy as supporters because, of course, he was a bit of a Spurs legend. But uh, he did a great job for us, and I think one of the things that he had, of course, was a real tenacity and leadership. And when you're saying those two players made such a difference to basically what was the same squad of players. I'm thinking immediately Diego Costa and Nemanja Matic. Now, you know, Nemanja Matic, yeah, I mean, Nemanja Matic, you know, he wasn't perfect. He had its faults, but he was a presence in the same way that Peter Nicholas was, in a sense. And of course, you know, Diego Costa was an absolute leader. And we, we, those two players have gone and suddenly what was basically the same squad is completely different. And I think your point absolutely nails it on the head. I mean, look, I think I think we're also saying, in a, in, a, in a sense, reading between the lines, that whatever happens with Antonio Conte, whether if you believe the press uh, that that he's he, you know he really is under pressure and he may get the boot sooner rather than later, or, or not, the fact of the matter is, I, I, you know, just changing the manager isn't necessarily going to fix everything because there are actually much bigger underlying problems. Perhaps I mean we mentioned leadership and the fact that we've never really replaced. Uh, that that the very strong spine that we had, and I, and I and I don't just mean positionally. I mean the characters that we had in that dressing room, you know, Petacek, Ashley Cole, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, John Terry, of course. Uh, we we've really, you know, there's a and you said it, I think, recently. There's a bit of a soft underbelly about the side, isn't there? And you can't change that overnight, surely. No, you can't. Um, the player recruitment will have to be that you, you know you're buying this type of players. That, you know. Um, I thought Olivia Giroud was, was was a plus, and I have to say, and I'm still of that of that ilk. I saw, you know, I, I saw a player come on try and do well, but in a side that's um, getting beaten up um, the other night, and uh, you know, he won a few headers, knocked a few balls down, and um, it's going to take time um, for him to sort of bed himself in. Whether he gets that time remains to be seen. I don't believe for one moment, and you know, whether. It flies in the face or not, or whatever. That Alvaro Morata is going to come back and everything's going to change because I don't think he's that type of player anyway. I think he just fits in, if I'm being honest, with with the type of player that we've got there on show. Um, I think he's neat, stylish, will get goals. I don't think he's a coster. I don't think he'll get, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to nail the cards firmly to the mask, not sit on the fence anymore. I don't think he's going to be, he's going to cut the ice to the degree that we're going to ever see 30 goals a season out of him. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and so I, I really see player recruitment as an important thing for next season. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I think we, you know, January's come and gone. We've got what we've got. We've got players we've got. And if we win anything, so be it. If we don't, you know, uh, so be it. Um, mm-hmm. It's the players that will decide that, and the, and the, and the club and, and the management, and we'll all have a part to play. Um, but we are. We've got what we've got, and our best eleven will compete. On a going day with anyone in the world, I do believe that. Um, on a going day, everyone playing at their best and whatever is our best eleven, we will give anyone a game. Um, but far too often, don't be surprised to see us uh, 
roll over and turn in one of the seven or eight performances which we which we put in so far this season. Well, and you know, uh, the, a, there's one or two of them still still about. Yeah, I think in a weird sort of sense, Kerry, what you what you've just described is the the makings of a very good cup team, but one that won't win the league. Uh, which of course, you know, when, when I was going along and you know kind of 80s 90s you know Chelsea always had that sense didn't they that they, they, there's no way they'd ever win a league but they 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 always had a chance because on the on their day they could beat anybody and i'm just thinking actually you know when you look at this this season as a whole it it's it this is the season where we went to atletico madrid away and put in one of the best performances i've ever seen us play in europe i mean we dominated that game from the first minute a very 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 good side so we know that they although, can do it. Uh, if I could just come in there, sorry, Dave. Although oh, it's been pro- it's been proved of late that it wasn't necessarily that great a performance. I'm, I'm not wishing to force score well, on not, that. Not that great a team, we, maybe. We, well, I don't think they're the same athletic home. No, exactly. And, and I think their results prove that Korobag held them twice. And you know, you know, um, let's be honest, they didn't make it for our group. Roma, uh, look. There's arguments about that. It was a good performance at the time and a great result at the time, and we got through the group. So, yeah, I'm not going to knock it, but uh, as it moved on, we wasn't uh, doing anything that wasn't capable of being done by other sides at the time. Mm. No, that's a fair point. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, just to kind of bring the, the Conte chat to, a, to a, a close, really, before we talk about West Brom, um, you know, would you rather rather he was given an opportunity to turn it round, or, or do you think that maybe the relationship between him, the board, and the players is irretrievably broken? I don't know. Um, uh, I, 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 you know, my understanding of him, and I've never met him, is that he's quite a nice bloke and, and so on. But other people say he's turned a little bit prickly, which every anyone would, with uh, results not going your way and you know constant pressure. It's all very well. Everyone can be a great bloke, crowd surfing, top of the league, winning every game. That's, you know, it's comfortable. Even I think Ebenezer Scrooge will be a great bloke. Um, <laughs> Sign him up. You know, anyone, yeah, anyone, anyone could be a great bloke in that situation. Um, but, you know, when things turn prickly and they turn a bit funny, you, you've got to still hold it together. And, um, you know, you don't expect to see him crowd surfing and doing his bit and, uh, and, and so on and jumping around on the touchline. Um, with the way the results are going, because it would give out the wrong message as well, and people would read different things into that. But um, I would say, between everyone, they've either all got to decide to get on together. Constant sniping is not going to work, um, and making remarks and so on—that's um, not going to work. That's all adding to fuel to the fire, if you like. And you know, he's got to realise he's part of that. Um, it's all very well him saying that he wants to stay in CIA months of his contract. He's got to say that. Of course he would. You know, anyone would say that. And on top of that, if he, don't, if he were to get the sack, he'd cop a couple of quid as well. Fair few yeah. quid, like every other manager. So um, would I like to see him? Yes, I would. But I, I do think things have to change a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think he has to either patch up his differences with whoever he calls the board. Uh, you know, um, this club... Um, you know, we'll go through managers. And it, it, the board of the reasons we're even doing this chat about Barcelona and winning Champions League and getting players and doing this is the reason for this board. You know, we've changed a few CEOs and so on uh, over the years. But by and large, the ownership and the leadership of the, of the club has been pretty steady and it's put the club in and made the club one of the top clubs in the world. Um, so, you know, he's not going to win that battle. He, no. he should get that into his head and, and decide, you know, 
I either become part of it and, and try and be it and understand the same thing when I took the job that I, can, I will carry the can. I mean, like Mourinho before, he was a champion last year, so he was a champion, and this year he, he's a bit of a villain. So, uh, would I like... Things have got to change and, and, and you know, the thing about player recruitment is the same thing that we'll never, ever know because no one's ever going to decide, let, yeah. let all the supporters know how much input he has, how much, who signed who, who does what, um, who's signing who. <laughs> all I'll say is he knew what he was doing when he took the job. Um, he really did. If he hasn't done his own work, then he'd be stupid. Or he's just took it because he, he got the money and, he, and it's a no-brainer. You know, managing one of the top clubs in the world with a chance of winning things, it could work or it couldn't work. You know, if it doesn't work, I, I, get, I cop a payoff. If it, if it does work, I'm, I'm a hero. <laughs> it's a no-brainer for a manager to take the job. Um, would I like him? I, I have to say, I don't know at the moment. Mm. And I really, you know, it's not a case of sitting on the fence. I, I kind of quite like the bloke. I I kind of like this what he's trying to do. I don't like the two holding midfield players. I would prefer an extra striker. Um, I would prefer to see something different. I, you know, ultimately, like everyone else, you want to see Chelsea winning. Uh, he produced it last year. Can he turn it round? Uh, I don't know a manager that can turn it round. Arsene Wenger's the only one that, yeah, you know, he hasn't really won trophies, won some FA Cups, but he... You know, in terms of turning things around, season in, season out, given the opportunity, I'm not sure I see longevity in, in Conti. I saw more longevity in Mourinho, if I'm, if I'm being honest, and that went really sour. You know, when mm. things t start to turn, it's like an apple that starts to go brown. You know, it, it just gets brown and brown, and it doesn't all of a sudden get white again, you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't see it. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, because I mean, personally, I I would love him to 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 stick around and turn it around because I think he, you know, like like a good player doesn't become a bad player overnight. Night, a good manager doesn't become a bad manager overnight, and I think he's a very 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 good manager. There are a few better, but you know, it's interesting what you have to say because actually that was pretty much the view of everybody on the on the show on Tuesday, and there's some wise old heads there. You know, we've all been around watching Chelsea for a long time and there's a there's a real sense that um you know for all the reasons you really said actually Kerry that we don't see we don't see not necessarily it being turned around but him sticking around you know I just I don't see that it is going to change and 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 I you know one of the reasons for that I don't think you know I think the players need to take a lot of responsibility for themselves ultimately they're the ones that kick the ball on the pitch uh and in days gone by you would you you could have seen you know Frank Lampard and a John Terry and a, and a Didier Drogba getting into everybody said, come on, we need to sort this out. And it, and it might well have done that. And I just don't see that in the dressing room. So I think a whole confluence of events and circumstances here tells me that, you know, he, he may last to the end of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't turn around and he goes before that. And I think that that would be a real great shame and a, and a, and a lost opportunity in many respects. So there you go. Um, we should really talk about the West Brom game uh, in the few minutes that we've got left. I think given, you know, what we've, what we've been saying, Chelsea certainly need a win and a performance, don't they, Kerry? Are they going to get it? Well, I think so, and I hope so. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet on you it. You said and that I'm a bad last gambler. week. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a bad gambler, mate. Uh, uh, well, me too. Well, I have been in the past. <laughs> and, uh, you know, West Brom at home, uh, I should say we should win, no matter what side we put out. The normal normal stuff gets rolled out. Um, I don't know, mate, because West, uh, West Brom are fighting. 
Um, I'm not saying they're going to win, but they put in some performances that you know oh, yeah. suggest that you know they're up for a scrap and you know tight games and realizing where they are, scrapping for every point, not quite getting it. The old rubber to green, a referee's decision, like a sending off for a, you know one of our players at home, and then a penalty decision for them, putting one nil up, and hold on, all of a sudden this team that's scrapping and fighting are up against a team that's capable of collapse. They know it. They know it, and this is what could happen. Um, I, I I don't want to see it. I don't want to say it. I hope it's not the case. If we get an early goal and we start passing the ball and everyone gets on the score sheet, we could win four or five nil. Yes, we could do that as well. Um, I don't know, mate. Um, it's it's, it's hard to, to call it, isn't it? It's very hard to call. I think we should win, and I think we should win comfortably. But it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it went the other way. Look, come on, Bournemouth at home. <laughs> 3 yeah. uh, yeah. You know, Watford. We're not, you know, do you realise um, after the next couple of games, we've got a, we've got a little sequence of uh, Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City, and possibly Barcelona. <laughs> Yep. You know, yep. we're not talking Watford, West Brom, and um, without being disrespectful, uh, Watford, West Brom, and Bournemouth. You know, <laughs> we're talking the two Manchester clubs and one of the best clubs in the world. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to predict any of these results, you know, at the moment. No. But I think we should be. Well, I think we should be West Brom. We should do, shouldn't we? On paper, we should beat them. I mean, and this is the thing. I think this is where we are at the moment. It's just very difficult to predict. I mean, what what I would say. I mean, talking about West Brom. Um, you know, they, they're up and down like a yo-yo at the moment. I mean, they lost to West Ham away and Man City away uh, and Saints at home, uh, which was a, you know, that was a 3-2. So they were they, they were unlucky there. They drew at Everton away and they beat Brighton at home. And, of course, they beat Liverpool in the Cup, uh, which was an excellent result for them. Um, so, they you know, they're hard to predict as well. I mean, the interesting thing about them is that they've, I think they've become a lot more open since Pardew took over. Uh, and and that's borne out really. They've scored ten, and yet they've conceded ten in all of those games. So, who knows? I think if we kind of concentrate on Chelsea and what, what's going on for us, I mean, you know, I talked about injuries earlier on, and at the moment, from what I understand, Pedro's a major doubt, Barkley's out, Alonso's a slight doubt, Christensen's out, Morata's a doubt, and one could argue that Giroud and Emerson are not really match fit yet, and of course, Bakayoko suspended. So it's going to be very interesting Interesting to see what team he can actually put out on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, but you know me. Uh, come on. That, the side that went out against Watford should have been capable on paper yep. of what you're seeing on there. But really then, um, it wasn't the case. Um, if these players are in the squad, do you call them squad players, and you make a list of, OK, we've got injuries and this is our squad, well, in that case, our squad is good enough. Um, and then it comes back to player recruitment and why the hell is our squad good enough and all the rest of it. Um, the team that he puts out, uh, even with what you've just said, uh, and I've mentioned before, you're talking about a, a back three, possibly of Rudiger, or however you want to spin it round. You're talking Rudiger, as Pili Coetta, Kaya, or Louise, um, the yeah. same virtually, but same ones that won the league. You're talking about a midfield of... Uh, uh, any ones you want, Alonso, Moses, uh, um, Zap, Zap, Zappa Costa, you're talking Con- Kante, um, Fabricas, you know, come on. And then you've got any three, any three out of four out up front, you know. Don't, you know, you can have Giroud, you, you know, you have who you want. And this team has got to be capable of beating West Brom at home. Um, if not, um, the little sequence of teams coming up will be rubbing their hands and Chelsea fans will be getting the tin hats ready. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I hope. Uh, I, one thing I do hope, actually. I mean, this is the thing. You know, it's difficult not really seeing him in training and stuff. But I, I kind of hope that we do at least start with Giroud because I think it, we're a much different. You know, we're a different team when we've actually got some sort of a focal point in attack. Uh, and I mean, I, I would quite happily see William and Hazard playing behind Giroud, and, and I think that that would make a, a massive difference. But of course, if he's if he's not fit enough, then uh, it's hard for for Conte to do that. But we'll see. And I think you know, drink water or chest Fabregas next to Kante is absolutely fine. You know, and, and as you said, the defence, whether it's Cahill or Louise that plays with Rudiger or Aspie, should be more than good enough. Bottom line is, Kerry, what we're saying is the players are good enough. We know that they're good enough. So maybe it's about confidence. And I think, you know, you talked earlier on about getting an early goal. Maybe that will settle them down and make them realise that they are actually very good players and they should be winning against these teams. I hope so. And I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly hope we get an early goal. And they are good players and we are a good side. The early goal, or any goal, the first goal, if you like, it always sorts out um, football matches. If a team's come to defend, um, they have to sort of change a little bit. Otherwise, they're going to end up losing 1-0. They're going to have to start coming out. It then leaves gaps and, you know, good teams exploit that. Um, and, of course, if it goes the other way, it's how do you break down a, a side that digs in even deeper and sits in even tighter and fights that little bit more. That's the... You know, that's football in its entirety. Um, the first goal sets a stall. Um, mm. Many managers have said to me over the years, or been, I've been in pressure, they say, don't concede. If we're away at a difficult place, sit tight, make sure we all defend, don't concede. The longer this game goes on, we stay in it. And then uh, if we get one and so on, there you go. We've all been through it. Everyone who's been a manager virtually has been in dressing rooms, understands it all. And it's an important thing, the first goal. And... Um, mm. You know, I hope Chelsea get it because we are undoubtedly a better side when we do get it. I well, think indeed. Some that, I, think, I think there's some stat that goes around. I, I saw mentioned if we, if we, the amount of times if we've been ahead um, or something. I mean, you're the man for stats. You know your stuff better than I ever do. But um, if we get ahead, I think it's something like 20 odd games we've gone on to win or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. I, I don't know it either, mate. But that that sounds that sounds about right to me. Um, I mean, the other interesting thing is, you know, you, we were talking just the final point, really, before we go. But um, we were talking about something has to change, and and Conte's management style, maybe he needs to look at that too. But of course, you know, he, the, 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 he's given the players three days off this week, um, which of course had a lot of supporters spitting feathers because the well, you should work harder after that performance. But actually, I think that's actually good management. You know, two horrible defeats, get them to get away from it for a few days, recharge the batteries. You know. And and also for him too, perhaps, you know, to have a bit of a quiet, reflective time to think about things rather than, you know, this constant grind, 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 work, work, work. It's not always the best way. And I and I wonder whether them going off for three days might actually, you know, be some benefit. And we might see that on Monday. Yeah, I think uh, that could well be a situation. It's happened to me before, you know, people say, no, don't come in until Thursday. Thursday, will we? You know, everyone can't wait to get back into training to start, start doing what they expected to do the very next day, you know, after a quarter of feet. Um, you know, uh, manager will probably come in and say, right, <clears throat> you've had a little break. We've all had time to reflect and think, forget about it, put it all behind us. This team, this is what we're doing. We're starting afresh. We're going from now. The season starts and do it that way. That, it could be that. It's a different change of uh, uh, direction, if you like. And mm. listen, it could be that. And it can work. You know, it can work. Um, 
But all the all the things that we've discussed and every Chelsea fan all over the world has discussed um it's all gotta happen. Uh, we all we're all add a little bit to it. Um <clears throat> and the manager will be aware of it as well and so will the players. Um and once again we'll go to the West Brom game expecting and hoping. Well, absolutely. And let, let's hope the break did them some good. Let's hope that everybody gets behind the team on Monday. I'm sure they will. And uh, let's hope that you and I are talking about positive things next next Thursday. Um, I hope we will. I'm sure we will, Kerry. But I have to say, mate, it's been an absolute delight today. Your insight on, on, on what goes on with all of this is is like gold dust, mate. And I, and I, for one, and I'm sure all the listeners would agree, absolutely appreciate that. So have a great weekend and enjoy the match on uh, Monday. And we'll talk again next week. Will do, Dave. Thanks very much. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.